0: On today's episode of Chalk Talk, we are actually going to go back to a live episode that we did at our platform headquarters. We bring on coach Max Isaac and Michael Horn. They're going to do some introductions of themselves during the episode. So without further ado, let's just jump right in. This is Chalk Talk presented by Platform. I'm Doug Curtin. Let's go. Hey, everybody. This is Doug Curtin. We are live at Facebook headquarters. Uh, This is our first go at Facebook Live, and we have our Facebook community to kind of be our test run. So welcome, everybody who's listening in. We have Max Isaac. Hi. Just so everybody's clear, this is Platform Headquarters, but we're on Facebook. That's right. (laughs) And we have Michael Horn. Hi,
1: everyone. So
0: awesome to have uh, both of these guys with us. It's actually a funny story. I'm going to let you guys introduce yourselves. But uh, the connection here really is that we used to work in the upstairs of Max's gym, right. and one day I was plugging away um, and found a, some sort of document or some sort of thing that had your face on it. And I said that guy looks familiar, and you were a member at Max's gym. Indeed. So I asked Max, I said, "Who's this guy?" And turns out we're in
2: kind of the same circle, which is which is pretty cool. So yeah, I think uh, it's it's one of the best parts about running a community gym is that there are so many connections, and it all just comes from one jumping off point, which is fitness. Uh, we got to start uh, with platform in our building, and I've known Michael now for going on three, four years. Three, four years. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, Michael, I'm actually going to kind of kick it to you first. All right. You know, we always have different guests on. Max has joined the podcast before. I'll let him do a little bit of an introduction of himself, but you know, what's your background? How outside of me recognizing your face did you end up
1: here? Yeah, absolutely. So, I've been in involved in the education world for over a decade now, almost 15 years, I think, Uh, started in uh, working with Clay Christensen at the Harvard Business School, uh, writing a book with him about how we could use this forced disruptive innovation to basically transform schools into into, uh, entities that would personalize learning for every single student, because we all learn at different paces, we have different needs at different times, we have different background experiences, and the reality is schools are set up to standardize the way they teach and test, and it just doesn't work for the most of us. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I've been in education for a long time in 2011, after I got married, uh, I think most people start CrossFit before they get married. Uh, <laughs> right. My wife and I started after we got married, uh, and, uh, she became addicted pretty quickly. It took me a little bit longer to get into it. And, uh, as I did, it just, it changed everything about my life. And we were actually, I took my wife down to a school visit, um, in, uh, California, uh, sort of, uh, South of San Jose And we were seeing this and this guy was like, and I think, you know, not only am I using technology to personalize in these ways, we're going to partner with the CrossFit gym across the parking lot to do these cool things for fitness classes. Like just, you know, alarm bells went off. And I was like, this is awesome. This would be a much brighter future for PE and physical education. Uh, anyway, fast forward, we moved to Boston area. We're looking for a CrossFit gym and stumbled into tilt and uh, I think that's what brings us all together now. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And so Max owns a couple gyms. He is the face of platform. So for everybody watching, we've seen a few different iterations of beards and different things like that. But, uh, you know, Max, what do you see in terms of like working with large groups? You have large classes. You're always trying to also do kind of that personalization and not just kind of, you know, for the masses style of training, right? Right. So Michael
2: hit the nail right on the head there. I think um – My belief is that um, we all kind of need an individualized fitness plan Mm. and whether we call it CrossFit, whether it's our platform program, whatever it is, we have to figure out what our physiological, psychological needs are. And we're able to do that hopefully, um, through some guidance from, you know, if it's an education with a teacher or if it's in a gym with, with a trainer, somebody that gets to know you and figures out exactly what you need for me. Um, it's happened in a number of different ways, um, whether it's running an affiliate or actually um, my background is also in education. So it was starting at the kindergarten level, but actually when I was teaching middle school, we were uh, I was at a school and I had the opportunity to work one-on-one with a number of students and develop these individualized fitness plans where these students were working towards their fitness goals in a group setting. Mm-hmm. So... That is what CrossFit is and what fitness is about is can we get a group of people together, have them work towards their own goals, but that group setting
1: then right kind of raises everybody together. I think it's a really important point on two fronts because a lot of times when people will hear me speak, they'll say like, this is terrifying. If we just individualize everything, people will be working by themselves, isolated, you know, on technology, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And the reality is community is so important in these learning environments. And so the question is, how do you blend the best of what a community can bring you? Right. That commitment to others, that cheering on people, the Mm -hmm. connections that you make, all those intangible things that is involved with being a part of a social network. Right. And still give that personalization so that we don't assume it's a one-size-fits-all way of training. What's best for me is certainly not best for Max when we're lifting in the gym together. Right.
0: And and so in our space, we have these large physical education classes. And I had somebody else on um, one of our podcasts who does a lot of consulting in one of the biggest districts in Kentucky. And he said, we have classes that have 50 kids in it at some times. So how would you personalize in that type of situation? We spend a lot of time talking about that, but it's like that same thing. Max, you do a great job. You can own a group of 50, 60 and make it feel like, hey, this is our place. Like you said, that group camaraderie and everything else like that.
2: But we still want to kind of hit each person and meet them where they're at. Right. And so I actually think – and I, I might like to hear what you think about this. It, it comes down to whoever that teacher, whoever that trainer is. And, and really what it's about is we need to make sure that whoever are leading these groups, these people are armed with the tools to quickly um, – kind of break down a group, right? And so for us it, um, in the, you know, in the training world, it's progressions, mm-hmm. right? So it's, you know, for instance, we never start things off with a barbell, right? We always use a PVC pipe. Mm-hmm. Um, it's why whenever we bring somebody into the gym, the first thing we have them do is air squat, right? right. So it's like, for me, all I want to do is see like everybody at that base level. Mm-hmm. And once you're able to look at that group, then you can kind of see like, where people are gonna fit in. And then, as far as building relationships with people, it's way easier, right? If everybody starts at the same level, and cool, you may have, you know, an ex college athlete, they may be rising a little bit here. Maybe you have somebody that's never worked out before. It's way easier if everybody starts at the same field and then some people can kind of move a little bit up. Some people move here and they're like, hey, you know what? Actually, we're going to work in this area today, as opposed to some things that I've seen in the gym world where it's everybody grab a barbell and now you have one athlete who's never grabbed a barbell before. They are now struggling through this and now you're kind of taking away from their experience, hmm. be like, well, why don't we put that away? Right. And even in that moment, it, um, it makes it really tough then to have that person return because now they're feeling even more self-conscious and we know how hard it's to even walk into a gym in the first in place. In the first
1: place. Yeah, yeah. Totally.
0: So, Michael, in your experiences, and it doesn't have to be in fitness, but when you're going, you know, to your different school visits or you're yeah. doing your research or anything else like that, what do you see in terms of some of those like best efforts? Is it happening at like the teacher level? At an administrator level, does it have to kind of be a blended group? Who's like diagnosing those different types of issues or situations in classrooms and saying, "Hey, something should be different," or we yeah. should think about changing? Well,
1: I will say this up front: I've never seen a good school that doesn't have a great leader. It just—you it, it, need leadership at the front to mm-hmm. establish a culture, to establish a tone for this is the expectations, this is how we operate, this is what we believe kids are capable of. Leadership is everything. Now, once you get in the individual classrooms or learning spaces or whatever you have in your school, there the educators become the front lines of this, yeah. right? And it's what Max said. You need to s- establish a baseline for each individual. You need to get to know them personally. Uh, and you need to be able to diagnose. And so I think assessment in education has gotten a dirty name because everyone thinks of the end of year tests right. that you don't get mm-hmm. results for like four months later or something right. like that. Right. But assessment is actually really important because it's what you do up front to say, let me learn about you and where you are as someone in, in the fitness world. How do you move? What's your experience with these different movements? Have you had a barbell before? Uh, you know, are you going to go into a rig and kill yourself with kipping pull-ups right. because you don't know what you're doing and dislocate right. your mm-hmm. shoulder, right? Like all of those things to get that baseline assessment is actually critical. And then you can drive an individualized plan off of that. And from my perspective, the educators that realize technology is a tool to help them do that more efficiently right. are the ones that are getting ahead uh, when they're when they're sort of just like letting the technology drive them as opposed to them driving the technology. That's sure. when they get behind. Sure. And
0: I think we see it, you know, in our world that there's certain people that want to feel that like, hey, technology is going to come in and replace me. Yeah. But, but then there's the other side of things that's saying, I'm, sh- you know, I'm, not meeting my own standards and expectations as how I want to coach and teach. And I can bring technology in so that, you know, the little things, the testing, the tracking that we try to, you know, not get bogged down with, I can now focus. I can go teach. I can go do other things. um, It's definitely a big,
1: big a sarcastic way of saying it is anyone who feels like they could actually be replaced by technology. Maybe they should. So I I just, I don't see it. (laughs) No. So
2: I, 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 I agree with that. I think that, um, Especially in the fitness world, we're seeing it more so than ever. Especially, you know, I you know, I believe I'm in line with with platform and what they're doing. And, you know, coaches, trainers, educators will never be replaced because technology is not able to build the relationship. The relationship right? yeah. to build the community. But what you just said is so perfect it aids in their ability to assess and to assess quicker. And you know, Doug's talking about this 50 person class right Mm -hmm. now in a 50 person class and let's say you have one coach and this coach is trying to break down hang power clean something like that and to now get across that to 50 people could take forever but now let's say we have a couple iPads queued up Mm -hmm. And those iPads are queued up in a couple different areas in the gym and they're breaking down the hang power clean. And the students are coming around. They're looking at the movement. And as they're looking at the movement, you have your coach talking about the points of performance. This is what I want to see. Watching this video, the butt's tracking back. The elbows are ripping through. Everything's happening. Then it's like... You're getting it on so many different fronts and exactly what you're talking about, these different learning styles, people are able to learn the way that they learn best and that's what the technology aids in. So I think that that is a, a really great
1: point. Sure, it frees up teacher time to do what teachers can do uniquely, which right. is exa- all the things that Max just described. Right. And frankly, I think over the last... 30 years of education. We've sucked a lot of that humanity out of the teaching job. Mm-hmm. In many ways, I hope this restores it because I can work right. much more in small groups and one-on-one with you as an individual mm-hmm. with the pointers that you need so that you can make progress against your goal. Sure, absolutely. So
0: when you look at that cuz you know we're talking physical education, we're talking athletics, what are some of those like, you know, best use cases that you've seen? What have you cuz I think physical education is often yeah. sort of lower on the totem pole than, you know, the people probably listening and, you know, us here at this table would like. What has maybe gotten a, a head start? Maybe not physical education with technology, iPads, et cetera, that you've seen as like a, hey, this is working really well in math or science. or oh, whatever I see. It Outside of physical education. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, I mean, math is the area where you see this the most uh-huh. because people can say, It's super quantifiable. I understand the knowledge and skills. I understand really straightforward when I assess it, whether you understand it or not. Mm -hmm. And then I can use it to do different progressions. I mean, it's actually hearing you talk about the baseline. When Khan Academy, I assume most people know Khan Academy who are listening free free videos for learning math and science and other topics. But what's really interesting is their assessment engine underneath it that people don't know about. And when they're used in schools, initially, I, I think they've gone beyond this a little bit, but initially they had everyone who got on Khan Academy start from kindergarten mathematics. Didn't matter whether you were fifth grade, seventh grade, whatever, you all went down to basic things. And the reason was this, that when you were progressing and say you're in the fifth grade classroom, I got to know a kid there um, and uh, in, in Los Altos, California that was using this in a blended learning classroom. And this kid had just concluded like, I, I'll never get math. He right. was in the slowest group, whatever else. And then when they used Khan Academy and they switched to a very different design, they realized that it was just a couple concepts in like second and third grade math that he had missed, and as a result of that, these gaps had developed. Mm-hmm. And so then now he's expected to do fifth grade math. He doesn't under—he doesn't understand the underlying basics. Right. Well, once he filled that in, he just started soaring. Right. And by so the end of the year, the he's third from the top in his math class. That's phenomenal. Like you know, and it's just—it starts with that foundation. Where are the gaps and bridging it? So we've seen it a ton in math. I'll give you one other example, just because you talk about 50 to 1, and it sounds like a lot. I was in Malawi uh, a few weeks ago. Max knows this, but um, but everyone listening and watching doesn't. Um, so we're doing a very cool thing right now, saying in Malawi, where there's not enough qualified teachers, literally classroom uh, ratios of 200 students to one teacher. You go in, they're sitting on dirt floors. I mean, it's it's it, it, it's it's... It's powerful. Like right. it's, it's, it's very humbling. Um, and we're asking the question, can we give iPads to help people learn basic um, literacy and mathematics skills just to start the trajectory? Right. And it looks like it can. And the teachers, you talk to them and they're like, oh my goodness, now I don't have to drill over and over again this like one sound on a letter because the computer can do that drilling way mm-hmm. better than I can. And now I can spend my time going around and, and making sure I'm working with each individual as opposed to trying to somehow lecture to a group of 200 and individualize yeah. it's impossible oh, right. right and it's 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 pretty amazing i think what these things free up
0: and so then i guess what i've i bet you've gotten pushback on those is like well shouldn't we get more teachers then or shouldn't we but you kind yeah, of have sure. to, you have to meet the gap right like there's definitely that well why not just get more teachers and then you don't need to insert technology but i think it could still
1: or, or would you say it can still kind of build right. together I mean, look here's the reality like if we all had a tutor in our lives for every single thing we ever did, it'd be amazing. Yeah, I would love a tutor who sits alongside of me and looks at every single lift I do, and uh, w- you know when I'm running the dog and the morning you how to tells me what I'm doing yeah. wrong, like with my form and the cook you know, like, <laughs> yeah. like everything. That would be a wonderful world in which to live. That's not our reality, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's going to become a reality anytime soon. So why not use the power of technology? to create that force multiplier. So right. it feels like I have a tutor aided by a real human being. <laughs> right. and, and like, we're not replacing humans. Let's say that over right. and over again. Right. Um, so I can get that personalization and that tutor-like feel in any endeavor that I'm doing. That's sure. the power that we now have that we've never had before. And so you know, I, I assume human humans will get brought into the teaching field in Malawi over time to do different roles and so forth as they develop as a country. They're just not there right now. We have a shortage of, I can't remember how many millions of teachers globally. 250 million students don't have access to school, period. That's just the world in which we live. I don't really want to wait two generations to try to serve those students. I think we can do something sooner.
0: Sure, sure, absolutely. I think that is a a lot that we just kind of broke down. We're going to take a quick break. Max, you made mention to some iPads in the weight room and everything else like that. We do have a couple of partnerships that I'm gonna cut away to, we'll talk about, and then we'll jump back in for the second part of the show. Awesome. Great. Hey, everybody, we're taking a quick break just to plug one of our partners, and that is Mob Armor. Mob Armor, right here is a proud sponsor. We're working with technology and weight rooms. We wanna keep this technology safe. So with Mob Armor, you can slap one of these bad boys on any type of device, and it sticks right up. It's an awesome tool, we love it. You can also get them for phones, the smaller version. So go to MobArmor.com, the discount code is PLT4M. You get 15% off anything that you purchase at Mob Armor. So go to MobArmor.com, get 15% off any of these grips, any of these magnets, it's a great deal. We also have a discount for Dynamax med balls. Go to Dynamax, get yourself some med balls and get 30% off using the promo code platform. That's PLT4M, you can get them color coded like we did. These are pretty sweet, they're super durable and it's the type of ball that our performance team suggests. So go out and get yourself some of these. We're taking a quick break from the podcast to actually plug an article that Michael Horn wrote. It's called Make PE Great for the first time platform raises the game with personalized physical education so make PE great it was actually featured on Forbes it was in the Christensen Institute blog which Michael is a contributor of as well and we also reposted it on platform's website go check it out plt4m.com 4M.com. It's a great article, really interesting read. And as you can see with the way Michael talks, he certainly knows his stuff. Let's jump back in. And I think when we were taking a quick break, Michael, you you mentioned you want to talk about something I think is is really important. I think it's going to resonate, especially with our audience and the people that are, you know, fighting the fight and, and wanting physical education to be taken seriously as a subject, which clearly you know, all of us in our different platform T-shirts yeah. Yeah. believe in, but, but it doesn't get met with that same vein from maybe a math teacher or science teacher all the time. So what, what do you think in terms of having those conversations with those other groups and, and bringing phys- physical education to you know, the forefront? Is it, how would you navigate those conversations? Yeah. Well?
1: So I'll say it on two different fronts. If you step back a little bit and look at the history of American education over the last couple of decades in particular it's been a drive towards saying, do students actually learn in schools? And what's achievement? And we measure that primarily on just math and reading. We don't measure other things. And so a lot of schools, as a result, narrowed the curriculum. We've cut out PE, where we say we need double math. We've cut out even social studies and science in some cases. And so we've got to really you know, just double down on reading and so forth. Uh, and I think, in, in many ways, it's kind of like the 1800s in medicine, where people started to be able to measure blood pressure. And they said, whoa, your blood pressure is really high. This is bad. We'll leech you because if we leech you, your blood will drain and your blood pressure will go down. (laughs) Absolutely true and not really good for the patient. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think that's sort of been our reaction to this testing uh, phenomenon over the last many years, which is that the best way to boost reading scores isn't actually to drill on reading. It's to have a really good, wholesome, holistic education uh, that that touches all bounds. And I think the research is incredibly clear personally that when students and anyone actually has worked out, you are a much more uh, ready to learn, you do better, you concentrate better, your focus is is higher, Mm. everything is better in learning. And so I think, I mean, there's been a lot of research that if you do a workout in the morning and then go right into learning, your attentiveness and ability to learn is significantly higher than yeah. if you just come in straight out of breakfast into learning. Yeah. Right. I think our, sense. our
0: audience loves a a book called spark spark. Yeah. Yep. By, by Dr. Or, John, yeah, Rady. John Pe- Rady. people, and he's actually from Cambridge. Um, people love that book yep. and it, and it speaks to that and it, and it do, goes into that just, you know, a little exercise goes a long way. And I mean, Max, I would go work out with you every morning. And the days that I didn't, I was slugging along
1: by the time. And we all experience this there, in our work, right? I mean, I try to time my workouts at tilt to pick me up for yes, the day. Yes, yeah, I know. I yeah, see That's that. why I'm great. at the 12th noon. Uh, and then, so the second, so that's one. It's like, mm-hmm. I actually think if we had physical education, we would learn more and we would do better on these tests. Like, I, I just, I think that would happen. Yeah. The second thing is that in and of itself, school should be a place where we're preparing citizens of the country, to be good human beings and live great lives. Yes. And we have an obesity em- epidemic across this country right now. We have chronic disease everywhere. Uh, and I think a big part of that is we're not learning and developing basic habits of healthy human beings in school. We're yes. getting reinforced terrible messages constantly with what we eat in the cafeteria, with what the sleep schedules are, with the schedule of school, and with, I think, an uh, unclear purpose around what physical education is historically right. Meant. So I I think it's really important. No. And I, so
2: obviously we're, we're all in the same boat and and I agree with what you're saying wholeheartedly, which is we need to prepare people or prepare children, prepare students for life. And it's my belief that um, what we are working towards is kind of like, we always talk about like that distant horizon of fitness, right? We're just working towards fitness. And what that means is that it's essential for us to move every single day. And now, Where, where we are here, which we're in Framingham, um, there is a number of programs called box, which are building on kids' success. This is a program that uh, actually started in Natick Mm. with a couple of parents. And what it is, is exactly what you're saying is that kids come to school a half an hour to 45 minutes early and they move. Mm. And, um, this program, they've seen great success. There's also a breakfast component with it. Um, it's something that for all of us, it's kind of second nature. But what we're finding, Michael, you're saying with all these cuts and people, you know, that we're prioritizing different things is that students are missing out on this piece. And so what happens is, you know, what you see is like if we start at a young age and we're not prioritizing health and wellness and kids are not moving, it then comes over to middle school, high school, college. And before we know it, we have a number of people who are living this incredibly sedentary lifestyle in the workforce right Mm -hmm. and i see this type of stuff every single day in our affiliates is that we have people that come to see us and it's kind of it's now gotten to a point right and we talk about chronic disease and it comes to this point where hey now i'm dealing with type 2 diabetes right Mm -hmm. now now you know i've been drinking seven to eight coca-colas a day um and hey now i need to kind of get myself back but the fact matter is is if we start in and this is you know this is coming for me because I, I I taught kindergarten and my priority when I taught kindergarten was the first thing we did in the morning was we went outside rain mm. sleet snow whatever we're doing we go outside for fifteen minutes mm. and then it's and then it's um, into the classroom so if we start at a young age and we just show kids that moving is part of life. This is fun. This is stuff that we do. Then it carries over, carries over, carries over. We see more success in and outside the classroom. And like you said, we're then preparing people for, for life. Right. Um, so I think that, yeah, again, I'm a, i am I agree with obviously,
1: course of agreement
2: here. Yeah, Yeah, of
0: course. And then the other side of it though, so, and this is where I'll play devil's advocate is that, you know, we want people to move. We want people to unplug. We use an app, we use technology. We hear a lot of teachers, especially, that say, I just, you know, maybe PE, maybe, you know, that hour of the day is where kids get to unplug. Yeah. So, in your experience, Michael, do you feel like, you know, it's let's fight technology, let's embrace technology, or let's just know? Like you've mentioned at the beginning of the show, let's meet it as a tool. We can use it when we need to use it. We can grab some videos. We can get some resources, and then we're going to end up moving more than if we had to, you know, come to a standstill. Do you see a lot of that type of stuff when you're working in? It? It's just like, hey, let's just unplug and and get moving.
1: Yeah, I mean, I see it in my own household. I have, uh, you know, two uh, almost five-year-old daughters, um, and. Uh, you know, we send our kids to a school where for a long time they, you know, they bar screen time, you're not supposed to do it at home and Mm -hmm. so forth. So I totally get it. Uh, And it's something that's much more real to me, I would say right now. By the same token, I think, you know, technology has a lot to offer. And so it's, it's, it's irresponsible of us not to be helping students learn how to use it in a responsible manner to enhance their lives, uh, rather than to go out, frankly, and have to deprive them and then them have them OD on it the other way. And then go into all the bad habits, right. so just talking about it.
2: Yeah. I think, you know, and that's like, so technology, you know, we talk about nutrition the same yep. way. Right. So it's, you know, when I, when I first started really getting into health and wellness, I said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm never going to eat processed food again, yeah. you know? And so like, I went, I went one way and it's like, okay, that prize, that probably is not realistic. Yeah. Right. And the, the same thing you talking about nutrition. So excuse me for technology. It's like, yes, we need to use it responsibly. Right? No, we don't need people plugged in all the time, but yes, there's some some real advantages. And it's, again, when we talk to our members about nutrition, it's the same way. We say, hey, you know what? We should limit processed foods. We should really try and eat mostly fruits and vegetables. But understanding that like you need to be able to experience everything. Mm -hmm. And once you experience that, you understand like, okay, maybe like I should not be eating processed food all the time. Maybe I should not be plugged into the iPad all the time, but there is some good stuff for me there.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think that's where we just have to meet towards the middle. We got to kind of like come together, find the right people and say, instead of just saying it's, it's social media, that's the only thing that technology is good for or bust. There's no in between there's no added elements to it is just kind of
1: accepting defeat. Yeah, I think that's right. You know, one of the biggest shocks I had when I got into this world in 2007, eight, whatever it was. Uh, was that one of the most you know one of my entry points in was online education and virtual education where students aren't able to go to a school for some reason or, right. and are learning online and one of the biggest shocks i had was that the one of the most popular if not the most popular online class is physical education right really? and it blew my mind cuz mm-hmm. i was like how do you do pe online by yourself like i literally couldn't get my head around it and as i i think through the crossfit lens and through other lenses started to dig in a little bit more what I realized was that these were students that like hated uh, the the traditional PE experience where it was like about, you know, how many goals could you make or something right. like Roll that. Right. Roll the ball and, out as the exactly, con. Exactly. Right. Um, and the, this was instead about developing healthy human beings. And it wasn't Mm -hmm. about being on a screen your whole time while you were on online PE taking tests or something. It was about setting goals, reporting them in through the online platform and then having a coach come in and and getting feedback and talk to you about it and so forth. And now with wearables, I I assume that field is even much further along than it was 10 years ago. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Uh, and, uh, so, so, you know, I, 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 that's the thing. Like I think sometimes when we say technology, we get this image in our mind that is incredibly unhealthy, and right. it may not be the reality. Yeah. By the same token, we ought to teach kids how to unplug, how to you know be in nature, how not right. to be tethered to a phone and so All forth. Right. And right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um, I think that's an awesome place to stop, Max.
0: Thank you for joining us Doug, and thanks and for having me stopping by, Michael. Always a pleasure. Anytime. Good luck. Michael's got a new book coming out. um, Check it out. Choosing College. Choosing College as you're sending kids uh, off to college, which is the next step for us, really. It'll be a a, a good read. So probably something to keep an eye on for most of the people listening. To everybody who tuned in, we appreciate it. Um, You know, Facebook community of all of our platform, it seems like uh, this would be a great conversation. We want to hear your thoughts. So feel free to leave a comment. Ask any questions. If any questions come up for Michael or Max, I will – Certainly pass them their way, Um, but we appreciate it. Thanks again for having us. And remember, at Platform, it's always in the pursuit of better. That's going to do it for us today. This was a great episode. I hope you enjoyed tuning in. And again, encourage you to go check out Michael Horn's article, Make P.E. Great. He also has a number of different books and literature that I would encourage you to check out. I have read them. They are excellent and certainly, certainly great for any physical education teacher, any coach, anyone working in the space of public education. So thank you again. And remember, at Platform, it's always in the pursuit of better.